Good morning. Junior church, you are dismissed. That is fourth grade and under. You guys are dismissed. I am so thankful to have the opportunity to share the word of God with you guys. Uh, if you guys don't know, I am Craig Peterman. I am the, uh, the intern here at St. Joe. I'm also your hiatus from Donnie's preaching for the next couple weeks. Yes. Uh, I really enjoyed the, the first half of my internship here at St. Joe, but I think I'm in, in Donnie's doghouse a little bit. And I'm not sure what I did to get there. But this week he gave me 66 verses to cover in one sermon. When he barely covers three in 45 minutes, so not sure what I did to get here. Today we'll be in Acts 10 and 11. So if you want to follow along, that is where we'll be today. We are still in this series titled Scattered. We are continuing to follow Peter as he ministers along the coast of Palestine and in Joppa. And in our passage today, we're going to see a major change in the Christian faith. One that seems normal to us now, but was unprecedented at the time it happened. Now, instead of reading all 66 verses, you know, word by word, verse by verse, and putting you all to sleep in the first five minutes of my sermon, I'm going to retell the story for you guys. So you want to follow along, we'll be in Acts 10 and 11. The chapter begins with a look at Cornelius. He's a Roman centurion. He's part of the Italian cohort there. Being a centurion, he was in charge of 80 to 100 Roman soldiers at once. Now, Cornelius was a devout man who honored God. And he was not a, a Jewish convert or even a, a Christian convert. He was just a man who had respect for God. And was always very generous. But at 3 o'clock in the afternoon one day, a vision came to Cornelius. It was an angel of the Lord calling out to them, Hey, Cornelius, God has noticed your prayers and your generosity. Send some of your men to Joppa for the Apostle Peter. He is staying at the house of Simon the Tanner, who has oceanfront property. The centurion gathered a couple of his servants and told them the exact situation, broke it down for them, and sent them on their way to Joppa. Now, Peter was having his own vision before the traveling committee arrived from Cornelius. While he was on the roof, he noticed a, a little rumbling in his tummy. He was hungry. It was already noon, and Peter hadn't had his first meal of the day yet, which usually happened in Jewish culture around 10 or 11 o'clock. But apparently his hosts liked to sleep in, so he hadn't had his first meal yet. And as he was praying on top of that roof, he had a spiritually induced trance upon him. In this dream, a giant sheet was lowered from the sky. And there are all sorts of animals on it, reptiles, birds, all of them. Then a voice called down to Peter, saying, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter replies, Absolutely not, Lord, for I am a good Jew, and I have never eaten anything unholy or unclean before. And then God responds, What God has made clean is no longer made unholy. This happened two more times. And then, after the third time, the sheep was taken back up into the sky. And Peter awoke from his trance and was deep in thought about what just happened. And that's when the traveling committee from Cornelius arrived. They were going house to house, gate to gate, calling out, Is this where the 
Apostle Peter is staying. Peter eventually comes down the stairs and goes, I am the man you're looking for. What's up? And the traveling committee kind of told him about Cornelius, his vision, and, and what the Lord had told him. So Peter agreed to go visit Cornelius as he hosted them for the night in the house he was being hosted in. The next day, Peter and Cornelius' men and six of the brothers in the faith made their journey northbound to Caesarea into the house of Cornelius the Centurion. When Peter and company arrived at the house, Cornelius was already there, already there waiting for him with his relatives and his life group. When the centurion met Peter, he fell at the feet of Peter and began to worship him. And Peter pulled him up to his feet, saying, Get up, bro. I'm only a man, too. As Peter and company got settled in, he spoke up, saying, You know that it is breaking the law for a Jew to gather in the house of a Gentile or uncircumcised man. But God has revealed to me that I should not call any man unclean or unholy. Now I ask, why am I here? And Cornelius responds with his encounter with the angel and what he had told him. Basically the same story that he had already heard before. And then Cornelius continues after his story. Now I have gathered everyone in the presence of God to hear what you have been commanded by our Lord. Peter takes his opportunity to present the gospel message to Cornelius and all of the company there. Peter replied, and I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. <clears throat> In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of the good news for the people of Israel. There is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching the message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then, Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. And we, apostles, are witnesses of all that he did throughout Judea and Jerusalem. He put to death by hanging him on the cross. But God raised him to life on the third day. Then he allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to those who God has chosen in this, to be his witnesses. And we ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach everywhere and testify that Jesus was the one appointed by God to be judge of all, the living and the dead. He is the one that all the prophets testified about, saying, Everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. And now while Peter was still throwing down this sermon in front of Cornelius, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening. Peter and his six fans were amazed that the Holy Spirit had come to the Gentiles just like it came to them. So Peter gave the orders for all of them to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And Peter and company stayed a few days in the house of Cornelius. And you think that'd be the end of the story. That's where it ended, happy ending. That's not where the story ends. Continues on in chapter 11. The news spread amazingly fast without having any technology or any cell phones. It spread quite quickly. And the Jews in Judea, the Jewish Christians in Judea, found out about what happened up there. And they were not too happy about it. So when Peter and company arrived back in Jerusalem, he was criticized by the believers. And Peter told them exactly what happened, starting with his spiritually induced trance, all the way to the Holy Spirit falling on the Gentiles alike in their baptism. And since God gave these Gentiles the same gift as us, 
that we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was I to stand in God's way? As Peter replied. When others heard this, they quit their criticism and praised God. They said, we can see that God has also given Gentiles the same privilege of repenting from their sins and receiving salvation. Salvation is for everyone. Wow. There is a lot packed into these 66 verses. Every time I've heard this, this story taught or preached about, it's always in this big celebration about this. Yes, you know, we can finally, you know, be saved. The Gentiles will finally be saved. We should be joyful and remember that part. But that's all true. But I want to take a different look at this. I want to go deeper than just the, the celebration that we have, that we can all be Christians now. I want to go deep for that one truth that we can learn from this passage about sharing the gospel with others. So the first point I want to make as we share about this salvation, that is for everyone, is to be open. When I say this, I mean that we need to be open to God's guidance in our life. Cornelius was a God-fearing man who was seeking out the will of the Lord. Acts 10.4. Cornelius stared him in terror. This is when he was having the, the walk-in meeting with the angel. And Cornelius asks, what is it, sir? And the angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. The New American Standard Bible, 95 edition, says that your prayers and offerings have become a memorial before God. Cornelius, as a non-believer of Jesus Christ, was known by God for actively seeking with an open heart. Cornelius was actively seeking out what God's will was through prayer. He was desiring God to lead him to whatever it may be, whatever needs to be done. Be open. So it reminds me of a story from one of my favorite television shows, The Office. There is a well-known rivalry that takes place in that show between the regional manager, Michael Scott, and the uh, HR rep, Toby Flenderson. And there's always conflict between these two people. Michael has these big, bright ideas of what he wants to do in the office. And Toby's always there shutting them down for one reason or another that are probably smart, ethical reasons to shut it down. There's this rivalry that takes place between the two of them. And at the end of season four, the uh, HR rep, Toby, leaves to head off to Costa Rica. And this new HR rep named Holly comes to replace him. Now, Michael has this, this prejudice against HR reps from his rivalry that all HR reps are bad. They all try to, to stop me and all this. So this is terrible prejudice against HR. But then he finally kind of let himself open up to Holly. And they, they became friends. And then they began to date. And all of a sudden, they, they eventually got married. If, if Michael Scott had never opened himself up to the HR department, he never would have found his one true love and his future wife. Be open. As we are viewing this passage in the perspective of sharing the gospel, we need to have an open mind who to share it with, where to share it, how to share it, whatever. We need to have an open mind about who to share the gospel with. Having a closed mind is to be an ineffective witness of the gospel. If Peter, Philip, Paul would have had a closed mind about Christianity, then it would never spread beyond the Jews in Jerusalem. Be open. Just like Cornelius, later, and later like Peter and Paul. And this leads us perfectly into 
the next point I want to draw from this passage. Widen your view. This goes hand in hand with our first point. Sometimes we can only be so open because our view of life, our view of scriptures is so narrow. Peter was the same way, and so were the, was the first church with their Jewish traditions. Acts 10, 13 and following reads like this. This is where Peter is having his dream about the sheep and the animals. And then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. No, Lord, Peter declared, I have never eaten anything that the Jewish laws have declared impure or unclean. But the voice spoke again, Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times, and the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. I can see why this is a, this passage is a celebration. First, you know, for the conversion of the Gentiles, but second, because we can eat bacon. Yes. Peter and the rest of the Jewish Christians had this narrow view of Christianity and salvation. They were unconsciously merging their old covenant laws with a new covenant together and creating this, this narrow version of Christianity. Before, the Jewish leaders were still abiding by several old laws. You can't eat this. You can't eat this. you got to worship now. You have to pray at this time. Circumcision is still a thing. But they never imagined that salvation could be for everyone, not just the Jews, not just the descendants of Abraham. We need to widen our views. For those of you who don't know me very well, I played basketball. Three years in junior high, four years of high school. I loved it. To help with my dribbling skills and ball handling, I was given these glasses to wear during practice. I'm still not sure why I was given these glasses to wear during practice, because I was not the point guard of the team, or the backup point guard. I was more of that last case scenario before we forfeit point guard for the team. But I was given these glasses to help me practice my ball handling skills. And something special about these glasses are, if you notice, half of them are blacked out. It's to keep me from looking down when I dribble at the ball. So if I were to wear these glasses and I'm to practice my dribbling skills, I would have to look like this to see my shoes. That's very, very poor form if you know anything about basketball. The, poor, the purpose of these was to keep my eyes up, to, to widen my view, to keep my eyes up, to look for any possible scenario, an open pass to a teammate, a jump shot, an open lane to dribble up for a layup. But you would never see any basketball player ever wearing these during a game. They would never want to restrict their view of what is happening in the court. When it matters most in a game, when the game is on the line, they would never wear these glasses. You would never want to restrict your view. I think some of us may be wearing these glasses when we share the gospel. We restrict our view of who can receive salvation. When we're carrying out the Great Commission and sharing the gospel, if we, we should not have these blackout goggles on. We limit and restrict our view of God when we but who can actually receive salvation when we wear these goggles? We are limiting salvation, and we're limiting, we're putting limits on what God can do through us. Now, you know, God doesn't need us to witness to nations and, and convert a nation. He can do that on his own. But when we, we have a narrow view of salvation, 
then we, we, we restrict what God can do through us. He wants us to be lights of these worlds, to be carriers of the gospel. When we put these goggles on, we limit what God can do through us. Peter was not the one that converted Cornelius and his whole life group there. It was God. But Peter took off the goggles that are who can receive salvation. We need to widen our view. Our third point here is to share Jesus. Now, when we're actively sharing the gospel, that should be an obvious point. But we need to share Jesus. We cannot lead people to salvation without the presence of Jesus in the gospel. Donnie said it a couple weeks ago. It is not a witness until you share the gospel. It is not a witness to other people until you share Jesus. If we follow Peter's example here, that is exactly what he did. After Peter went through his introductions and got all set up there at Cornelius' house, he shared the good news of Jesus. Acts 10, 34 and following reads like this. <clears throat> and then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of the good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And you know God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit with power. Then Jesus went around doing good things and healing all who were oppressed. For God was with him. And we, the apostles, are witnesses of what he did in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us whom God had chosen and advanced to be his witnesses. And we are those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he orders to preach everywhere and testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be judge of all, the living and the dead. He is the one that prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. It is not a witness until you share Jesus. Be open. Widen your view. Share Jesus. You leave the rest to God. God is the one that does the conversion, not us. Peter was not the one that converted Cornelius. God was. Acts 10, 44 and following. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came to Peter were amazed. The gift of the Holy Spirit had poured out on the Gentiles too. For he heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. And Peter asked, Can anyone object to these being baptized? For they received the Holy Spirit just as we did. So he gave the orders for them to be baptized in Jesus Christ. God does not need us to lead others to salvation. He can do that on his own. But he wants us to be his mouthpieces. Once we share the gospel, we leave the rest to God. It's time to let the Holy Spirit work on their hearts. Now, when I was in this, this sermon writing process, and really, I spent 
two or three days at the very beginning just studying this passage. There's so much in it, just studying and studying. And I spent a whole day on this part of the passage where the Holy Spirit falls on the on the Gentiles, on Cornelius and his family. And I just really had to ponder with it because um, I, I ran into to several people who will use this passage to say that baptism by immersion is not necessary because you can be baptized by the Holy Spirit. And as I, as I read this passage and I study this passage, I can't come to the same conclusion as them. I can't. Now, I've heard the stories they have, and I, I, I heard Jesus, and then I, the Holy Spirit fell off on me, and I was running around the house speaking in tongues, and I knew I was saved. But when I read this passage, I can't come to that same conclusion that they do. Baptism by the Holy Spirit only occurs twice in the entire New Testament. Acts 2, Acts 10. Neither were for the case of salvation. Neither. Acts 2, the apostles were given the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So they can preach and teach and speak in tongues. Acts 10 was given to show the Jews that salvation is for the Gentiles as well as the Jews. Neither one. I can't come to that same conclusion that they come to. The baptism of the Holy Spirit which showed the world that salvation is for everyone. It is at this point that Abraham's lineage went from a physical lineage to a spiritual one. Galatians 3, 26-29 says this. For all, of, for all of you who are children of God through faith in Christ Jesus, and all have been united with Christ in baptism, put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew and Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are one in Christ. And now you belong to Christ. You are true children of Abraham. And you are heirs to God's promise. The promise that belongs to Abraham now belongs to you. Salvation is for everyone. Now, if I were to sum up this whole sermon, this whole passage into one statement, to one truth we pull out of this, is that that bacon is holy. No. It's not it. It is that we are to share Jesus with everyone. At my high school youth group, my youth minister asked us this, this one question on a Sunday. He asked, how many of us, when we try to share the gospel or invite other people to church or invite them to youth group, how many of us don't ask certain people because we already know their answer? A good some of us raised our hands, me included. And then he asked a follow-up question. He goes, why did we answer for those people? Why did we limit what God can do through us by, not, by answering for those people? And let me tell you, when he, when he fired back with that first question, it hit me in the face. Like I, and I have experienced him in the face. It's profound quotes, whether it's with dives, balls, or light bulbs, whatever. It wrecked me. When I got hit in the face with that thing, I said, wow, you're right. I've answered for these people. Be open. Widen your view. 
take the goggles off and share Jesus with everyone. And God will handle the rest. How many of us answer God's invitation to other people? I have. I know I have. Don't limit what God can do through you. Take off the goggles. Be open. Widen your view. Share Jesus. Towards the beginning of this sermon, I told you that we look deeper for that one truth to pull out of this. This passage is not just a celebration of what God did, but it is a commandment. It is a sign for us to share Jesus with everyone. This is because salvation is for everyone. This passage doesn't tell us, hooray, Gentiles, good job, you can be saved. No. Salvation is for everyone. Salvation is for the drunk and disorderly, the hangout at our local bars and taverns. Salvation is for the pregnant kings, high school athletes, and the atheists. It's still Pride Month. Salvation is for the LGBTQ community. Salvation is for our neighbors and our co-workers. Salvation is for the pimps and the gamblers in Vegas. Salvation is for our political leaders and our journalists. Salvation is for our kids and our families. I'm not saying that everyone will inherit salvation. That's not true. But salvation is for everyone. Salvation is for everyone and anyone that comes across your daily path. We cannot continue to limit what God can do through us when we wear these goggles. Be open. Widen your view. Share Jesus. Because salvation is for everyone. God will handle the rest. Maybe for you guys, this may be the, the, the first time you're hearing that salvation is for you. doesn't matter the past. doesn't matter what's going on. All those reasons that are holding you back, sit to the side. Because salvation is for you. And if you're one of those people, I encourage you. Talk to someone. Elders, Tommy, myself. Talk to someone. Because salvation is for you. Don't let these old things hold you back. And if you're already one that has, has made that decision, what's holding us back? What's holding us back from sharing this Jesus with everyone? Sharing this salvation with everyone? Because salvation is for everyone. Share Jesus. Be open. Widen your view. Share Jesus. The rest of God. Salvation is Would you stand and sing these words with us?